So I was curious, Jeff and I were talking about this a little bit before we started, but what was your favorite movies of last year? Could you even pick one? It's such a weird year, right? Like Jeff picked Dune, which is the solid choice. I think I have to say like, I don't know, the Green Knight and Pig were probably up there, but but they also weren't like great, great movies, you know, like like genre defining cinema or anything like that. Hmm. That, fuck. I, I have to look up the movies that came up last year. <laughs> I said that same thing. I uh-huh. forgot I have to see a list. I don't know. What about just like, what? okay, here's an interesting one because we're closing in on like 45 episodes now. What What's your like favorite movie that we've done? Parasite. That's an interesting question, right? Parasite. No, 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 way no. Back. Excuse me. Let me take that back uh the wailing <laughs> our first episode <laughs> that wasn't even an episode yeah we, haven't we had done didn't even one. do that oh that's right that was just the the, the, the uh, that's episode zero that's episode zero that was yeah the korean film the wailing from 2006 i think something like that that's when uh i decided to do this show <laughs> and i wanted to get alex and jeff and it, that was like our our trial run where we just hung out and talked about a movie and we talked about it for like three fucking hours. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we just sat there and chewed the fat of that movie for so long. Mm. Yeah. We had to do like, once that movie's like mostly fully exited in my brain, I want to just go back to it. We'll do we it when there's some kind of like someday. anniversary for it. Like the 20th anniversary of The Wailing. We'll do mm. it. Or we could do one on one, like a, an anniversary for us. We oh, could yeah, do like the um, one year anniversary of... Yeah, I like that. Fiftieth episode. Uh, Yeah, this summer we started one more take podcast like in the summertime. I'd have to look at the other channel to see exactly when. But yeah, it's been it's crazy looking at all the content. You're like, damn, we actually have done a bunch of shit on this on this real weirdos thing. Yep, it's uh, we I've I've shared the podcast to a few people and they have called it multiple times prolific. Prolific. Ooh. I like that word. At least that means we do a lot of shit. Yeah, the, the quality it has no mark of quality. Yeah, no judgment <laughs> on the quality. But you guys do a lot of what you do. Yeah, it's true. More and more every day. Dude, this is hard. I I can't like I can't narrow it down to to a film. I feel like Dune is a really good choice. That's what I'm saying. It was just so. It was the only film of last year that made me go like. I mean, like the Green Knight too, fit. though, is is a great choice. Uh, Green Knight was a, was definitely up there. Pig, like, that was a good choice for Jesse, especially as a chef. Pig definitely like touched me in a, my sensitive places. Mm-hmm. Rustled your jimmies. Yep. Does anyone else use that, or is it just me? Just you. I think just, just you. I'm, at least I'm, I'm, I like that actually. Out of the three of us. Out of the three of us. Yeah, I don't know. And maybe the like two or three odd listeners that are senior citizens i mean yeah probably mm. a couple 80 year olds out there i haven't had my jimmy's rustled since odd six dagnabbit <laughs> oh, <Jesus Christ>. <laughs> <laughs> they're rolling into like you know caro's or denny's or something throwing the ben country kitchen buffet yeah. <laughs> yeah country kitchen buffet 
speaking of speaking of movies that old people would like, today we watched uh, Come On, Come On, 2021 film from director Mike Mills, starring Joaquin Phoenix and Alex. This was your pick, so tell us about Come On, Come On. So, I mean, I hadn't seen it before. I knew it had just recently come out, and I kept seeing advertisements around it, um, around L.A. for it. And so I decided to switch it up because we had a previous movie lined up. So I switched it to this one since it was a little more recent. And it's basically like at its core, just a very distilled family drama slash character study buddy movie. I mean, there are a lot of things that you can apply to this movie, but it's definitely in that realm of drama. And when we say drama, it's like, I don't know. You're, you're, it's hard to explain, but it's like a family family drama akin to something like Marriage Story, which we've talked about before. And it comes from A24, which I didn't know, actually, at first. Um, a studio that we both love and hate it sometimes. Um, mm. They make interesting movies. They this do. movie it's, itself, I want to say, is interesting. Did you like it? I thought you had seen it. I thought you'd already seen it. Oh, no, no, no. I had, I had not. Yeah. So, I mean, before I like say exactly how I feel about it, how did Jeff feel? Because I feel like for some reason I I texted you or I messaged you, Jesse, and I was like, is it just me or do I feel like Jeff would fucking love this movie? But I could be <laughs> wrong. My my answer was I'm not sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think he would. Uh, I could, I could give my prediction here. I think that he would love certain parts of it and would. Maybe not in terms of like the movie itself, but things that it touched on are, are very mm, central to to things Jeff thinks about. But yeah, I'm curious as well. Yeah, I mean Jesse pretty much nailed it. <laughs> so yeah, I like a lot of this movie. I think for overall, it tells a really good story and tells it well. And it's not a complicated story. It's trying to tell. It's not a divergent, weird, or new type of plot it is uh, kind of a bog standard story about feeling lost and lonely and misunderstood and finding kind of a companion in that and not realizing it and coming out the other side a little more I don't know not complete but just with a little more understanding <clears throat> and it's a it you see that kind of premise applied to a lot of movies but in this I think you have a great contrast between Joaquin Phoenix and Woody Norman's characters. Little Woody Norman. Him being such a like bright, young child actor, and Joaquin being kind of settling into like this new stage of his life as like older Joaquin Phoenix, which I do also want to talk about. But yeah, yeah, so overall, I did enjoy this movie. It did resonate with me a little bit. Yeah, because you really want a dad. <laughs> yeah, I would love a different one. Um, no, I, it was. I no, actually I mean, you want you want two dad is what I'm saying. Sorry. Oh yeah. I, yeah no no I, d I didn't say you want a dad. <laughs> it's different. Um, no. I I have one, but um, no, it was more. I more resonated with the dad character. Oddly enough, for how little he is in the movie, mm. I kind of I felt very empathetic for him would that just be because you're a big fan of scoot mcnary scoot good old scoot 
<laughs> he's actually he's, he's a big actor in TV and shit like that. He's been making his like comeuppance recently, and he comeuppance. I mean, he's a, a, it was interesting to see him in this movie. I didn't expect him to be there. Why did you gravitate to him? Uh, you know, just him being a bipolar and having like mental health issues and like kind of breaking and like having a partner that spends a lot of her life helping him and taking care of him. You know, my wife has always been like kind of that for me. She spent a lot of her life like kind of helping me out through those those rough times and it was just kind of like a little bit of a a connection to things I felt before. So I just kind of felt for that character and what he was going through and like the whole just like manic being very yeah. manic and and scared. Yeah, that and makes depressed. sense. Yeah. And so yeah, it was just I kind of liked that relationship, how, the, and that made me like Gabby Hoffman's character as the mother even more, where she was just like, loves her son and loves her. I don't know if they're like split up and she's taking care of him or if they're yeah, just, I believe okay. that's the inference, yeah, because she had to. He moved to Oakland from L.A. She had to go hang out with him, stuff like that. Yeah, so they're like split up, but she still like really cares about him, and it's like. That thing that Joaquin was talking about, about like the fractured love, like how you still love somebody, even though like you quite can't express it the way you want to anymore. But anyway, I'm going on and on. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Did you like the movie? <laughs> I mean, it's hard. I don't like, I don't like that question really. Cause it's so like vague. I yeah. mean, it was enjoyable. There were times where I felt it was derivative. There were times where I felt like. The teen, the, uh, the kind of splicings of the kids um, talking. Yeah. They could have got like more, and I said, I know this sounds awful, but they probably could have got like more articulate teenagers. I have spent a lot of time with teenagers, just everyday teenagers in my life and in my working life, and it's just they're way more articulate than a lot of those kids i don't know if these were like lines that were written or if it was improvised so i was curious about that as well i don't i don't think that those were i think what i was gonna to bring it back to like my general opinion of the film it's a drama film and it's fictional but those are real interviews Okay, I kind of thought so. Some of those like some of those like visual takes that those kids have felt very natural to us. Like they, this would have been like a really good actor doing this yeah. in this bit sure. part, right? Sure, I mean, yeah. you're interviewing kids about Detroit. You know what it's like growing up there. The conceptions about Detroit and stuff like that. You know, you had that girl being like, "Oh, I've grown up here my whole life. People just talk about it this way or that way." And then in New Orleans, you you have you know kids talking about Katrina, and at first, I thought it was acting at the very beginning when we're introduced okay. to Walking Phoenix, like doing his his job. But I'm almost positive that that part of the film like brings in like this kind of like documentary aspect, which I didn't expect. But it's weird, right? Because it's with Walking Phoenix, right? Like it's not like just some random interviewer or something like that. A lot of those kids probably don't even know who he is. Yeah, hopefully. Because then the responses would be probably a little more genuine and stuff like that. I did notice, though, that I think it's maybe only the first couple interviews you actually see Walking Phoenix. So mm -hmm. the rest of the time, it's just the, just the responses. So you know it's just like one part of the crew went and did that or something. Yeah, or probably or the yeah. director. Or you see the, the actress, the Roxanne character. Yeah, that She's chick. with the kids a lot, yeah. Right. Um, 
Well, that makes more sense then. I, I, I retract my statement. If it's just like improvisational, like they're just asking kids questions, then it's, it makes more sense. I thought these were like lines that they had written. And I was like, ah, these kids mm. are like flubbing these lines really hard. To be honest, the feeling of the film, I feel like I said I love the writing. I would say if there if there was writing, but I don't know how much of it was actually written dialogue throughout the whole movie. It seemed like a lot of the scenes were improv, except between walking and his sister, Gabby Hoffman. Yeah. I think there was a lot of improv between him and the kid. Yeah. Probably, probably. I thought so I haven't I haven't said what I thought about this movie yet at all. I think it was um it was good, right? It it's definitely like a mom movie, I think. It's a movie that my mom would like and she would tell like her friends that it's really good and they'd watch it and like talk about it <laughs> because it's non-offensive. It's well done. It felt like a really well-made platitude a lot of the time. It's like just a distillation of like really easy bite size like philosophies and my brain kind of tuned out when the kids were speaking and towards the end they were reading from some book and my brain got bored and Joaquin Phoenix was crying and I was like, wait, was that profound? Um, so it did lose me a little bit in terms of its, I don't know, the way that it tried to engage me intellectually was not very deep. What did work was the emotional core and the acting around that emotional core where you see Joaquin Phoenix as somebody who's just not sure what they're up to in their life. They're entering that middle stage, don't have a partner, don't have a kid. And like learning about what it is to sort of be a dad or seeing what he might have missed or could have. Or just making this really interesting connection with this kid named Jesse. <laughs> Side note, by the way, I, was, I perked up immediately when the kid was introduced as Jesse. And she described him as kind of intelligent, really, really weird. <laughs> I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> Representation in film, people. Hey, it representative. <laughs> Uncle Jeff, when did your kids die? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, dude. That was some weird shit to me. I was like, all right, dude, this kid's going to be into some like kinky role play when he's older. Mm. Like, he's if this is already starting now. That kid is going to love LSD. I was going to say, though, I got that aspect of like at first when he, uh, the uncle, Johnny, is visiting. And the kid just like immediately is like, is anyone home? And he's like, what the fuck is going on? I thought we just like put him to bed. And yeah. the sister's like, no, this is like the thing he does. He's like a detective and he's coming to like interview people and interrogate people. For some reason, I immediately latched onto that. And I was like, I get this. It's like this kid's imagination is so vivid and so wide and just so like omnipresent that it's he has to act it out. It's like a physical tick for him. Because obviously the kid's dealing with... There's like exposure trauma to mental health issues with his father. And he's developed some probably himself. So this whole like play acting thing is... I don't know. I thought that was a really interesting and authentic way to show kids that are weird. Because I just want to say this whole mental health movement has been so co-opted by media and television that you have like cool, really popular, really good looking kids that are like, oh, I have mental health issues. And you know, it's all fucking played out on TV and it's like this cool thing to have now. Whereas for this kid, it's actually like traumatic and it makes it 
hard for him to function in society. So I thought that was authentic. But I will say what you guys are saying about losing the plot a little because it's a, like slow. This movie is not kinetic at all. Except for like two seconds when he's looking for him when he's lost. The movie, like, it feels almost claustrophobic. Mm. So that leads into an interesting question I had that I was thinking about while watching it, which is, okay, so this is the third black and white family drama I've seen this year. Um, and going into the photography element, like, it does have the aspect ratio that it does. Normally we don't touch, like, hugely on these things, but I was curious... Like what you're reading of uh, in terms of like why that was the choice, right? Do you think it was to promote claustrophobia? Because like we just saw uh, Jeff and I have seen The Tragedy of Macbeth, which is one of the other black and white family dramas from A24 I've seen this year. Um, and that's that like that is a very narrow aspect ratio. It's almost four by three. Yeah. And that is utilized Sorry. both to both to accentuate the actors and to accentuate the feeling of claustrophobia in the film. Do you think that this was a similar choice? For me, yeah, it definitely felt that way. I mean, I can't key in on the moments, especially, or like the cues when they made that happen. But nearly the entire film felt like that, especially when he loses them the first time and they're in like that Walgreens or something of some type. All he's like running through all of the aisles and I don't know, it just felt like it got like everything got smaller and it got really stressful. And Joaquin's character broke like he, he lost his temper a lot more than I expected his character too at first. I thought he was just gonna be, you know, the cool, like laid back uncle, but there were moments where he, he like really started like to break. Hmm. Well that's I think that's the that's the centrality of what's interesting about this film is the way that those two interact with each other of course i mean that's what the movie is pretty much but having those those good fun uncle moments and just trying to deal with a weird fucking kid who like can press your buttons man there are moments that i was like i hated that kid mostly i just thought like man parenthood looks really exhausting i already knew that but this is another just another example of like god i don't know if i would have the energy to do this yeah if you don't want kids and you sometimes feel like you need that reinforced, watch this movie. Or if you want kids and trying to convince your partner that you don't want kids, watch this movie. Because it definitely paints raising children as incredibly exhausting. It's in which it is. It's very realistic about just how this mother feels about raising her incredibly profound but very intense child. I mean we can all admit, like, while this kid is annoying and can be, he's also incredibly insightful. Like, if this was an actual real I child know, that me. you knew. It's me. Shut up. If, if that's a new a child that you found in real life, you would be, I'd be blown away. I'd be like, wow, this kid really can, like, get at the core of of people. Like, he, he, he kind of figured out right away that Joaquin Phoenix was lonely. Like he kind of just drilled in on that. And I think oh, that's because yeah. they had a kinship in that loneliness together. And he was able to kind of detect that. And so he's not only extremely perceptive, but he's also very empathetic. And so he can kind of feel and resonate with people. And 
the whole like I love the scene where they're like yelling like I'm fine I'm fine I'm not fine that's so amazing because it's like like that's what kids do like they repress like I have I take care of three children right now that are going through some pretty intense mental health issues and mm-hmm. you know when you talk to them and try to get to the core of it they just they, there's 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 a survival block that kids put up. And it just makes them, you know, I'm fine. No, everything's fine. I'm good. And it's just like, you know, it's not true. But you can't explain to them, like, the metaphysical aspects of, like, how I know it's not true. Like, when the kid is like, I, my feelings are inside me. So how would you know them? And he, and Joaquin Phoenix kind of just gives up. Because you can't explain to a kid, like, how years of experience dealing with people allows you to have like a more wider sense of empathy. Like kids can't understand those big concepts or most kids. So I I just thought it was very interesting. I think the movie does really well to show though, that like what you're saying is very true. They don't understand them, but kids feel these concepts and these emotions stronger than adults do. Like when you're a kid, it feels like the, like every single move you make is like, this is it. This is going to be like a life changing decision. Oh man. Like that girl rejected me. Like my life's fucked for the rest of my life. And it showed how when you're an adult, you understand them and you've experienced them and you can even get to the point where you can navigate them, but to elucidate them to a child is just so difficult still. Yeah. And you just end up sounding like all of the older people in your life when you were young, you know, and you're <laughs> yeah. like, fuck, like, how do I get around this? This is the borderline, right? Like he's like trying to figure out how to talk to this kid. Like how realistic do you get? Yeah. And the kid brings stuff up. He's like, my mom had an abortion. He's like, whoa, yeah, what? Yeah, how do I react yeah. to that? I didn't even know about that. <laughs> like, well, that's who, what I'm how, how like, do you the, talk to a kid? That kid can drill in on like these themes that he knows make people uncomfortable. Which is different. There's a difference between doing it in a naive way and doing it in a way that is calculated. And I and I couldn't tell which angle that kid, the, this actor, Woody Norman, was coming from. I couldn't see. Sometimes it felt like he was very naive and childlike. And he was just like, oh, I'm wondering. I'm curious. But then sometimes it felt like he was zeroing in on someone's or on Joaquin Phoenix's insecurity or something he's self-conscious about. And and you know, specifically putting a light on that. I think kids are just like that. Because at the beginning when he was badgering him, like, why did you break up? Why are you alone? Well, why, like, why did your relationship fall apart? It's like kids don't have a social filter to begin with. And then this kid, Jesse, is like even more eccentric. Where it's like he'll just badger you with questions. And then at one point, going back to the abortion thing, he just nonchalantly brings it up. And then he like starts asking about like stuffed animals or like the light. And I'm like, kids do that so much. They'll just slam you with some like really existential crisis like info. And then they'll be talking about their like T-Rex, the next sentence. And you're like, wait, can we, can we like kind of back up for a second? But I don't know if it was weaponized is, is what you're asking, Jeff. I'm not sure. Maybe there were moments. I think it's a little of column A, a little of column B. I mean, the bathroom scene, definitely. Yeah. I just can't tell sometimes in this movie. I just don't know where the, the child actor was coming from. I was like, right, is he trying to play it both ways? Is it one way? Like, it seems like, Alex, for you, you're taking it as like it was naive. Are you questioning the performance? 
Yeah, or... it's more of like a performance thing. Like I'm, I'm okay. just, well, I'm curious about your guys's read on this, this type of behavior. Well, then my next question, and this can tie into that, is like, how did we feel about young Woody Norman's performance as this kid, this eight-year-old kid? I don't know how old he is. Ten. Yeah, I mean, if he is indeed consciously doing what you're talking about, Jeff, and he's like choosing to play the character in one way or the other way, and he has that such a subtle grasp on like acting, then fuck, I mean, this kid's going <laughs> to be a great great actor someday. So this kid, this kid's British. So he's doing an, he's doing an accent the whole movie too. Oh, yeah, he's putting on so an that's, American accent. So that's that's even more points in his favor. I thought this was an incredibly natural little performance by this dude. I thought he did a great job. Yeah. I think like and especially acting opposite Joaquin Phoenix. It's like it reminded me it wasn't quite as strong as this, but I had a little thought about um Man on Fire with Dakota Fanning and Denzel. I was like, ah, it's just so natural. And then to like act opposite Denzel and clearly be able to do these moments of improvisation. And we've touched on this was probably happening in this film as well. Um, and I think I read something to the effect that there was some improv. But yeah, I think if you can put in an incredibly natural performance next to Joaquin Phoenix, you get two thumbs up in my book. No, yeah, I, he was great. Yeah, I mean... I really enjoyed his performance, and I think this stresses the point I'm trying to make: is you know, when does a per- when is a child actor being natural in the sense of are they performing naturally or are they being natural? Right, can, and that's what I'm really trying to get to the core of. Like Dakota Fanning was acting naturally; she was acting but still it felt natural the lines were delivered well there was some improv here and there and it kind of bounced back and forth are we seeing that kind of same situation in this movie or is he just kind impossible of impossible to say yeah or is he just kind of being a kid and this is woody nelson's personality or is uh, he acting like this kid the thing that makes me think it's more acting than natural is the fact that he's putting on an accent to do it as well. Exactly. So he's not just being himself. So I think, I don't know. It's difficult to say. Like we said, there is some improvisation and, you know, we don't know what the director's style is in terms of, we haven't seen his other movies, Mike Mills. Um, We don't know what his directorial style is, if this is, if a lot of it's set up or if he does a Terrence Malick thing where he just lets his actors do stuff. Um, I had yeah. that thought as well. I was like, I kind of wanted to see this movie as directed by Terrence Malick, but there would have been a lot of, you know, sidetracking to look at butterflies and stuff like that. If that were the case. No, yeah, I was going to bring that up as well. I mean, I don't know anything about Mike Mills other than he wrote this film as well. So mm-hmm. he could have just been, at least for Woody Norman's character, right? Like, just go off. This is what I want you to do. I mean... The scenes were constructed so simply and a lot of times the dialogue was obscured. So like, especially with Scoot McNary's character, right? Like Paul, I think is his name. Um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who did really well too to show like the manic, you know, the real like hard edge of the manic lifestyle. Like you look at his apartment and like the way he's acting when he's like, oh, I got to get my stuff. Like I got to do this. Like I can definitely relate to that knowing people in my life who are like that and seeing a bit of the edge in his like the way his hair was and the way his shirt was buttoned up like I 
I thought all that was really well done and that could have been improv or that could have been, you know, from Mike Mills himself. But if he's doing an accent, it's hard not to be conscious of your acting. But at the same time, I don't know. There's so much in his performance that seemed natural. And I thought he played it a lot better than some other kid actors would in a drama like this. Like, I don't know, sometimes it just gets a little cutesy or sometimes they feed him lines that a child would never say. So, I don't know. It doesn't border on the Korean thing that we were talking about, you know, with the Korean child actors. That's a whole different level of cultural stuff. So, I don't know. Oh, right. I I couldn't remember what you're talking about for a second. Yeah. Yeah, you're talking about how, like, um, and a lot of times Korean films that act, like, the kid actors are just insanely great, right? That's what you're talking about. And they say lines that are, like, like Woody, kind of. They say things that are just so unexpectedly dark and insightful and just weird. Adult. Yeah, and like almost threatening. And you're like, oh, okay, this is weird. I think that's is a, all kind of speaks to the point you're talking about, Jesse, of like, how is this performance? Well, the fact that we're having this discussion about is this natural or is this acting is the answer. Yeah. I mean, it's, good. his performance is that good where we I'm can't looking even forward really to tell. seeing him in something else. Yeah. I mean, he was in um, Les Mis. That's the only other thing I've seen him in. Oh, would he been? Would he have been like one year old? <laughs> is he a baby? He was in the TV miniseries. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, Les Mis came out ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. it was like, like before he was shit. born. <laughs> he was a fetus in the film Inside a Belly. <laughs> Hugh Jackman's stunt double. Yeah. Um. So, I want to talk about photography. Um. I'm a big fan of black and white photography. How did you guys feel about it in this film? Do you think it served the story? Do you think it served the purpose? Or do you think it was just black and white? I mean, I'm on the side of it was just black and white. Honestly, like as it looked a, good. Yeah. Am, yeah, it was good black and white. Yeah. It was not the white balance was what done well. The, the lighting was done well. There wasn't that much shadow play. Like they kind of just it was just kind of more like soft gray. It wasn't even really black and white. It was more grayscale. I enjoyed it. I just don't think it served a purpose. I don't think it brought anything different to the movie or made it feel because it takes place in modern times so you see people with like smartphones and things like that yeah, so yeah i don't know whereas in tragedy of macbeth like that's real black and white like that's the true like the way that the light is being played with and shadows mm-hmm. are half of the medium that you have is shadow so you really have to play with shadow and so yeah it that's my take I think. What do you think, Alex? No, I think it served a, a little bit of a purpose in that it really made you hone in on the characters and like the people. Like I said, there's nothing kinetic about this film as far as shots, like of them moving in different environments or things like that. It's like slow pans of the cities that they visit, you know, like the city skyline of like LA or Detroit or some shit like that. And then when they're speaking, I can't look at the color of the taxi or the street or the trees or anything like that. I just have to focus in on the characters and their faces and what they're saying. So I think it did serve that purpose and maybe unintentionally kind of fed into that feeling of claustrophobia I had because I mm. couldn't like expand the world out into with its color, right? When it was outside of the window at night, it was just like almost pitch black. I couldn't see like something go out into the distance. Yeah, I think I agree with both of you in a sense. Um, I wouldn't call it claustrophobia. I would call it 
I guess intimacy it makes you feel more intimate like with these people I think claustrophobia is more apropos of the tragedy of Macbeth that movie the aspect ratio is even narrower it feels super claustrophobic I think I said this earlier even where it 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 serves to just make it feel so hemmed in you're you're so claustrophobic to utilize the word again um, but also to accentuate the actors and I think I think you're right, Alex. I think it's it's doing that to a smaller degree here. And it is, like we said, not the tightest aspect ratio. But maybe the black and white is is to just have you center in on the performances. And I'd also like to say that I liked... Uh, so the third movie that was a black and white family drama I saw this year was Belfast, directed by um, Kenneth Branagh. And I think that was... That one was interesting too because it's like Belfast in the 1960s. And so you have this shot in the beginning where it's like modern Belfast and it's color and then it goes over this wall into the movie and then the movie becomes black and white. And so that's utilizing the black and white as more of a more of a tool because it's it's it is in the past, right? It feels more natural to that. And and that movie has really strong use of framing and and uh light not not as much as macbeth because that movie is hyper stylized hyper hyper stylized but i i don't know i just wanted to throw that out there because uh belfast is really good and <laughs> sort of if you like come on come on you'll like belfast it's a little more intense though yeah i can see how it like uses the th- chronological theme of going back in time and switching it to black and white the the film that we watched the french dispatch recently played with black and white Mm. as well in a really strange way though like different than this film or the other films that we previously just mentioned um so yeah i don't know there's a lot of different reasons to do it i know that at like nasa and like in space programs they take pictures in black and white because it's just so much sharper to the human eye than you know like colored photos and when you color one of those photos of space it kind of something with the rendering or something like that kind of messes with the the clarity so i don't know the movie was really sharp so that could be a reason why i mean if you as a director just like the way black and white looks and you want to make your movie black and white that's a fine reason that is a fine enough reason you just like how it looks Uh, it's just it's interesting to talk about it yeah it's just what i we, i think we're more just talking about does black and white add or subtract anything from the movie i don't think it subtracts anything from the movie at no, all. no 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 <sighs> it looks it's good just, it just does what it does it just and i think i agree i definitely agree with all of your points about it like i definitely think it it doesn't allow you to refocus your attention anywhere else because there's nothing else pulling your attention so you have to keep your attention on the only thing that's doing anything which is the characters so I, I i like and i agree with that read it's just as an amateur and i'm gonna put the hard quotes on amateur photographer i've messed with a lot of black and white it was something i really enjoyed and just a lot of time playing with shadow and so when i when you see it kind of just someone as if they switched the color just off they like went into photoshop and just switched the movie to grayscale it's just like, okay, so what are you trying to do here? And so I like yeah. your guys' reads. No, that makes sense. Like, right? Like, why did you go into Photoshop and put it into grayscale to begin with? And I don't know. There isn't a lot written about this film so far from, like, the production aspect of, like, 
what Mike Mills did. At no, least it's a very small film. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I got to hopefully it will steep a little more. And I, I, I mean, critics like it and stuff like that. But I kind of want to see the people who are part of the filmmaking process, like the director and Joaquin Phoenix and whatnot, speak about it a little more just to give it some context. Um, he was obviously great. Joaquin Phoenix. It didn't feel like he needed to put too much effort. And I don't mean that disparagingly. I just, I don't know. It didn't seem like a really, it wasn't like the master, you know, or like. Right. It didn't seem like it was, it's, it's a quiet role. It's very, I don't know. It is supernatural. He's, he's great. But I, and I struggle, I'm struggling in a similar way to like say <laughs> what you're trying to say. <laughs> but yeah, I it's totally it's not like it. he's playing the Joker. It's not like he's playing, you know, it's just some really intense performance that he'd go back to his trailer and like be shaking. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, no, it's probably a really chill movie to make, you know? Yeah. Probably had fun with the kid. Like, I don't know. It's weird. He shot, he was very emotive in this movie, which you don't see very much of Walking Phoenix. He's usually very quiet and raspy and broody. I, he, or yelling. Like, I've seen him. He just does the kind of lower end of the spectrum of emotions, I think. The uh, the kind of deeper, broodier emotions, like anger and sad. And mm, what about Inherent that. Vice? <laughs> Inherent Vice? I don't know. He kind of was just a goofball. <laughs> yeah, like, he, he was. was. But it wasn't in, like, a, a real way. He was more of a character. In this movie, like, I... It almost like I could, you see saw him get genuinely happy or genuinely mad about certain scenarios. It was just strange for me. It was a different type of Joaquin in this movie. At times, he almost felt drunk. Yeah. The way he would yeah. kind of mush words together or just like... <clears throat> he kind of had that like old guy walk. Yeah, he was like a kind of heavy set. Um, yeah, he has a little heavy around the middle. Like I don't he know, has I just, a little bit of punch in the movie. Yeah, yeah. and it, it even the title. Off. The title of the movie is like the apostrophe kind of like it's not a slang term, right? Come on, come on. But it obviously is a what is it? A contraction of those two words. And it's like he would say that during the film, like, "Oh, come on, man!" And I'm like, "Are you high out of your fucking mind or something? Like, what's going on?" <laughs> But that's why I thought he was playing that cool, like, slick uncle aspect. And then really quick, just to ask you guys, have you seen Gabby Hoffman in anything else? I have never no, seen her. I would like to. You think she was good? Uh, I thought she was great. I yeah. she was one of my favorite roles. Jeff has the hots for Gabby Hoffman. <laughs> I think she's also very beautiful. Oh, do you? Um, yeah. She I, was I, in Field of Dreams. What? The Kevin Costner movie? Probably is the little kid. Uh, yeah, probably. Was she's she an was, Uncle Buck. She was seven Uncle years Bunk. old at the time. She's an Uncle Buck? Wait, hold up. She's an Uncle Buck. Yeah. As Mars. Maisie Russell. Is that the, like, the small girl? Uh, the daughter? The. Yeah, yeah, it's the daughter. Yeah, that's her. Holy I shit. Yeah, that's crazy. Sleepless in Seattle. I did not know yeah, that. Okay. She's has quite Staring She's been around. She's quite the resume. Damn. I love Uncle I've Buck. I've seen a couple Fuck. of these where she was clearly just a kid, but nothing recently. Yeah, it seems like she hasn't really been. She's done a lot of TV lately. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't know. She was really good. She's really good. In the, everyone's really good in the film. Yeah, everyone <laughs> killed it. All yeah, six people. All six people. <laughs> <laughs> they did a great job. 
Yeah, uh, it's, it's a film. It's a film like we were kind of talking about. It is a film. Dead air. We were just, no. It's a film that we were talking about before. Where I knew it, this, we get to this. Yeah. It, it says what it needs to say. Like I was, I kind of mentioned in the beginning, and then it does it cleanly. It's not heavy-handed. It doesn't say anything super prolific or sorry, profound. Excuse me. And then that's it. Okay, it's out. I got something. So there were. So I thought this movie was good, right? But I think that. Sometimes it went into like a little too deep into like indie drama territory. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean by that? Where it's like it has all these aphorisms that characters will say about life, and like 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 I said earlier, it felt like a distillation of uh, like I don't know these sayings people would have. I forgot exactly how I framed it. I was gonna say actually, I feel like that was partly intentional and part of walking characters. Joaquin Phoenix's character. It was like part of his, he tried these like stupid little aphorisms and lines that like he, that you see in movies, right? Like you're like, oh, I think this is what you're supposed to say to some fucking kid. Like, and it doesn't work at first. So I don't know. Part of me feels like that was intentional. But if you're talking about like outside of that, like just in general, then continue. Like, cause you could be right. Because one thing we haven't really focused on as as in terms of like why it's in the movie is having these like generational voices aspect, like the interviews with the kids. Like we've talked about how this is a family drama and it's very obviously that. But what's the deal with that other stuff? Is And that's sort of where it like the disconnect happened for me is like, what are you trying to say besides some really obvious thing that's just like, oh, the world might be better, but it might not be if we cannot be cruel to each other and it's like i get it that they're kids talking but what they're saying isn't interesting and uh, i don't know <laughs> i was just no, wondering no, no, like, w- like what i think like, you're wh- touching on what there? i mentioned earlier where i was yeah, just like it doesn't feel like i just want to explore like, that more yeah it just felt like bad writing that's why i thought they were just flubbing lines because i was like <laughs> did they write lines for these kids and they do they just like grab kids off the street and was like here read these because they just wanted to like yeah, represent no. locals of i the feel places. bad saying it kind of no, no no i think i have an answer for this so i feel like <laughs> no i can't even speak but no i Come feel on. like the movie is really focusing on as you know washed up as it is to say but they're focusing on mental health and they're not focusing on adult mental health. They're focusing on how kids express their mental health and how strange and like not violent. Well, it can be violent, but like how strange and foreign it can feel when they have these explosive outbursts. And even when a child is like trying to play a prank on you and it gets borderline dangerous, like lose you in a store or out on the street or something. It's this expression of like kids have these huge emotions that they cannot wrangle or rein in and so that it comes out in these like really weird and convoluted ways like these kids when you interview them there's a mix of stuff happening they want to say something smart to look cool they want to say something profound to have an impact and some of them probably feel vulnerable enough to actually say how they feel so you get this weird like mixture and like this just weird like you end up with just these stupid aphorisms like you talk about. They just start like staying these like stock lines they seen on Tumblr and shit like that, you know, because they're like, fuck, I I feel all of these things, but I don't know how to wrangle it into this like Mm. tight little package that will be good and will be succinct. And he relates that, I think, a lot of times to 
his relationship with Jesse, which has its own okay. flavor because okay. it's personal. What do you think about that, Jeff? Does that, that track for you? <laughs> uh, not really. <laughs> All right. I love I know, it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say. Like, it was, I, I definitely... Think Alex is stretching here? No. Well, a little. I think that there's... I think that the movie was trying to say something, but in a in a different way. I think it's more trying to like express how apathetic kids feel because every line... Every kid that they chose to feature kind of had the same way they felt generally about everything. They were like, and you kind of distilled it pretty well, Jesse. You were like, yeah, if it gets better, it would be cool. And if people were nicer to each other, it would be good. But they (laughs) might not be. Indeed. And then it it could be bad. And you're like, yeah, that's definitely how things work. Thanks, Jimmy. But I think, that's, I think that's the point is like the kids don't know how to feel. And that's mm. represented by the main character who doesn't know how to feel. He doesn't know how to express that he's feeling angry or sad or broken from or detached or lonely. And it's like these kids he's interviewing, if they were being interviewed by one of their peers, like maybe their best friend, they wouldn't say those same things. Those like kind of pre-generated responses and you can see like a lot there are a few kids who kind of get real with like there's like like first girl in new orleans who kind of really like Mm -hmm. breaks down why it's important to her like why new orleans is important to her she's like yeah you know like you know people kind of cast us as poor or like airbnbs come through here and tourism's gonna ruin new orleans so like that could be but like at the same time people are what make new orleans new orleans and it's like that was that was profound thanks for that jesse (laughs) (laughs) stretching um Uh, i like the distillation though of this movie being about people who don't know how to feel i think that's a really good distillation because it tracks for everybody from the mom to jesse to walking phoenix's character to the all these kids to the scene, sorry, that you were that we were talking about when they s- literally say that, like, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. To the scene where they literally say that. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about the thing that they say in the movie that you just the thing watched. That they do, that they do in the movie. Uh, um, well, I think that's a good representation where this movie has a point and tries to make it, but it, it tries to it tries to take a a good point and stretch it very thin. This feel this movie feels stretched thin, like uh, like butter over too much over bread. too much bread. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were gonna go there. Where else can Fuck you go? Fuck off! Where else can you go? Steal my joke. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we all like this movie. I don't think it's gonna be on the the year end lists or on our top ten ratings of twenty twenty two. Does that that's the thing we do, right? We we give things numbers. Oh, yeah, that's what we're time. doing now. It could we it, love it. It could easily be on mine. I'll I'll just yeah? say that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. For how I think so it's it came unique. out in twenty twenty one though. Oh, it did. Yeah. Well then. But I mean, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. I think we'll do a year end and we'll just talk about talk about things that we liked that we saw. You know, I think that's. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. It could be like Citizen Kane. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever. Wait, no. Isn't um, the year 1940 right now? Like. But, uh, so I'm curious because we're, we're, we're kind of done, I think, talking about come on, come on in any kind of like really detail that matters. But one thing we can talk about here is Walking uh, Phoenix because he is one hell of an actor with a really interesting career. 
Yeah. Yeah, I really feel like he's said that. Guys, just let the dead air sit. Uh, to respond to you, yes, I, I do feel like he's settling into an older role. Like, not an, an, I don't know, he, it, I'm, I'm getting a really, like, Philip Seymour Hoffman, you know, maybe a decade before he died kind of vibes. Mm. He's you know? about 47 now, I believe. Something and like I that. just, like, Philip Seymour Hoffman started playing these more, like, I don't know, more, like, methodical thoughtful roles but Joaquin Phoenix has always done that he's always I was about to say he's always done that so even I, back I down it's like a to natural like, transition for him to just kind of go into that type of actor now where he's playing this just these like more interesting roles that that spark his interest I just don't think we're gonna see another Joker is all I'm saying I think he that was is like, he is rumored to be Joker too I just gonna don't do understand why I mean like I, he's gonna be Napoleon He's gonna be Napoleon, Napoleon Bonaparte. Well, I'm definitely saying he's not done acting. In a Ridley Scott film. <laughs> he's gonna be in Ari Aster's next movie, Disappointment Boulevard. Yeah, that'll be yeah probably fucking interesting, and he'll be he'll be great at. I don't he's know. always great. We'll definitely talk about that one when it comes up. Has he ever not been great? Like that's my other hmm. thought. It's like, is there anything he? When has he not been great? Uh, I mean, I haven't seen everything. What about The Village? I don't remember the village. I I like. I mean, okay, I like I that movie. I don't think it's a great movie, yeah. but I will still watch the village. Hell yeah. if I'm in the mood, or like I want to put. It's definitely like one of my background movies. Mm-hmm. It had an mm-hmm. interesting idea, and like the filmmaking wasn't terrible, right? You know, M Night Shyamalan is as good as he is. I mean, which is much worse than he was. <laughs> exactly. It's just he's as good as he is, but what he. But there are cool concepts in the movie, and I think, yeah, Village is a cool movie. And so, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix, he, he played that role really well, too. He acted his ass off. Like, that's the thing is, he, he never phones it in. He never gives half of himself in a role. Every time he takes a role, he gives 100%. And I, I just really respect that. Right. I have not seen everything he's done. Um, I've seen, I'm looking through this. I think I've seen probably half and I can't think of any of these that were a bad performance or even like a, just a meh performance. He's always gone pretty all the way. And I'm always excited to see him in a movie when I see he's going to be in there all the way back to gladiator. That was probably the first time I saw him in anything. Makes sense. I was like 13 when that came out. I think you're right. Actually, I think gladiator was probably the first Joaquin Phoenix movie I ever saw. I mean, still haven't seen Eight Millimeter. He was intense that's, in that's that. That's a trippy movie. I saw Eight Millimeter way later in life, which I'm glad because that movie's wild. Friend of the show Adam Myers has been trying to get me to watch that for quite some time. Maybe <laughs> I'll just pick it. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll watch it first. Actually, if this episode has taught me anything, is to <laughs> choose something I know will have a lot to chew on. <laughs> That's right, Alex. Fuck you. <laughs> now our podcast is done, and we have to run. We know it is sad, but we had so much fun. Don't be bereft. Jesse, Alex, and Jeff will be back real soon. The real weirdos. We talk about movies for way too goddamn long.